Hey, this is Matt. And this is Jen. And this is Mixtape Memories, season two. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a special guest today. Special. <laughs> <laughs> Very special. Mm. <laughs> Cameron Cook. What up, what up? Thanks for having me. Yeah. I know. It's so good to see you. So good to see you, too. I haven't seen you in four years. I haven't seen you since you were in Berlin with uh, yeah, Found All the Seasons. Three years ago. That was three years ago. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Time flies. I know. You're so international now. Mm, jet setting. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. You just came back from Palm Springs? I, yeah, yes. I was in Palm Springs over the weekend for my birthday. Virgo season, just over, <laughs> holler. Um, and yeah, it was just like going to drag brunch, hanging out at the pool in our Airbnb. Uh, was in the hot tub so much that like literally all my fingernails fell off or something. It was like crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just had a really fun time, and now I'm back in New York for a couple days, and then heading back to my current base of Berlin, Germany, on Monday, which is four days from now. Podcast time. No one knows what day it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? And uh, just for all you listeners out there, Cameron, uh, Matt and I have known Cameron for a long time, Mm -hmm. and uh, met him in the music scene. I'm trying to remember when and where we actually met. I think... Like, online. Live journal? Yeah, probably live journal. Not not you and I. No, not you and I. You and I was at a gig, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think we were, like, live journal friends or something. Probably. like, back then it was, like, you. It'd be, like, maybe, like, Stereo Gum and, like... Biddy. Yeah, Biddy had a live journal. Yeah. Maybe Laura had a... Modern Age had a live journal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then we probably saw each other at yeah. shows. And then mm-hmm. Dirty on Purpose. Yes. And yeah. that whole era. I just remember, like, trying to get you into, like, you know... 21 plus clubs. That underage <laughs> life. It was real. I remember when I first realized that you were a couple years younger than us, and it, I was like, oh, he's not 21 yet. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm the oldest bitch in the room wherever <laughs> I go. Oh, so I feel the yeah. same way. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, I I'm hate going to a gig now. And I mean, I go to uh, a lot of the work related stuff I go to for my day job. I'm kind of in the, the range of, you know, an acceptable range. Mm. But if I go to. Bowery or Babies All Right or wherever, Music Hall Williamsburg, I'm the oldest one. Suddenly. Literal Babies All Right. Yeah. Like the babies are all right. They're yeah. here. <laughs> They're in the room. Um, I went on a press uh, um, a press trip to um, Ross Gilda Festival this summer, which mm-hmm. was actually amazing. And we were all in these tents, all the journalists, and we all like um, became friends. And this one girl uh, was like, oh, I'm starting school. And like my brain was like, she must mean like grad school like i don't know (laughs) and then i was doing everyone's um astrological charts because i'm a nerd and we had a lot of time to kill and i was like when's your birthday she was like oh whatever like march 3rd and i was like 1990 she was like 2001 wow wow, i've been conversing with a literal child this whole (laughs) weekend i had no idea but she was lovely and really smart and really cool and now we're instagram friends and i'm like you're so much cooler than i was when i was 18. It's a well, different you know era. Really yeah. You know? Well, it's also what they're presenting. I mean, I feel like the art of the of curation is much different now than it was then. Oh, for you know? sure. It's like you had your eight MySpace friends and those testimonials, whatever. But this is like a whole, it's a whole ball game of curating yeah. stuff. We didn't yeah. have too much social media, you know, like back then. Well, when like I was 18, I had no social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, and you don't like. There's I mean, no- maybe MySpace. Friendster, MySpace. Friendster, yeah. Friendster maybe came out when I was 18. Mm -hmm. 18 or 19. 
Yeah, because I was in college and I was a couple years older. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But like, it's not even social media. It's not. It's having to make your own references. Like I didn't. I remember like I had a subscription to Rolling Stone when I was like, I don't know, fourteen or fifteen, and I didn't have the internet, mm-hmm. so I had no way to like listen to music. So I'd be like. Wow, Bell and Sebastian seem cool. Don't know what they sound like. Mm-hmm. I just like knew I would just read like the college radio charts in the back of Rolling Stone and be like, "Wow, Pavement, Arches of Loaf, like all these bands seem interesting." But I had no money, so I couldn't buy their music. I lived in France at the time, where the music wasn't distributed; <laughs> they mm-hmm. weren't on the radio, so and there was no internet. So I was like, "Well, so how do you guess. hear any of this stuff?" I didn't. I mean, I two things happened when I turned like sixteen. I think I moved to Paris when I turned 16. I lived in Cannes in the south of France at the time. It's a long story. We'll get into it maybe later. I got a TV from my bedroom because I wasn't allowed to watch TV growing up. I was one of those kids. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, do you want to be creative or create or something? And um, <laughs> she, <laughs> like, I want to watch television. Yeah, she had some sort of like theory, some busted theory that works in her mind, but like not in practice anyway. Um, and so she wasn't allowed. I, I, we weren't allowed to watch uh, TV. So, I got a TV from my bedroom, uh, and I got a cable box, and um, MTV2 launched Mm -hmm. that summer. And so I was in Europe at the time, in Paris, and um, there was no programming. It was just a feed of videos. Mm -hmm. And so I saw Pavement for the first time. I saw The Smiths for the first time. I saw, like... um, uh, the Pixies and like all of these bands I knew existed, but I just wasn't in. I had no uh, access to them. Yeah. Um, and also, um, Napster became big that year, mm-hmm. and so I just one friend of mine who was like this super rich kid who was really cool. Uh, she had a high speed internet connection in like two thousand two thousand one, and so I would go over to her house and just download anything I'd ever thought of that I wanted to listen to and just burn it on CDs. Uh-huh. So I just like Bright Eyes and like uh, all these bands, I was like, they seem really cool. I just like would buy as many blank CDs as I could and just like download everything that I could ever think of. Um, that was the life in like, yeah. when was it, 2000? That was the 2001. Yeah. That was like 2000, 2001. And then- um, I was definitely in college. Yeah, so it was like yeah. a big deal in colleges, yeah. like yeah. like blocking it, like yeah. oh, being yeah, on the yeah, network yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. I remember all that, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. We didn't really understand copyright back then. No, so. not no at one all. does now. Yeah, like, they still you know, don't. It's like they didn't. Like, like imagine what would have happened to the music industry if they had like saddled up with Napster instead of trying to shut it down. Like they'd probably maybe still have some money, mm-hmm. <laughs> but whatever. That's another yeah. discussion for another time. <laughs> um, what was the first thing on Napster that you looked up? You remember? Oh jeez! Or like, or that you like on Napster? I could, I could, um, I could almost see the screen of something downloading. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, in my head, um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm trying to. Think. You know what I was listening to around then is uh, I remember listening to the Faint. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I definitely downloaded that. Was the Faint definitely on, one of them. on Napster. Yeah. Maybe like can like things that like oh, I. Of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. You guys listening to what with that bright eyes? Mm. No, because like, German music. no, no, no. It's because it was like um, someone made me a mixtape. Uh, and it's not like that. I like was so hip that I knew who they were. Mm. It was like someone made me a mixtape. They were on it or mm. it was on someone else. My roommate's mixtape or something. And I was like, "Ooh, I really like that. But where do you get that? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I probably just like downloaded that or something like that. And also like probably pop. 
Oh consoles. yeah, yeah. I think mine might have been Bright Eyes. I think. Just because, like, Connor Ober seems so cool, and I was like, what does he sound like? Because <laughs> I literally have no idea. Um, yeah, good times, guys. Good times. It's, like, interesting, though, because, like, yeah, you p- maybe you wouldn't have really gotten to listen to them until much later because, yeah. like, back then you only really – yeah, there wasn't, like, a lot of ways to access music other than mixtapes mm-hmm. yeah. mix CDs. And I mean, the other thing in Cannes when I lived there was that there was no rock radio station. So another big thing that changed is that Paris had a radio station called We, uh, and I listened to that a lot. So that's where I actually heard like Bell and Sebastian for the first time, um, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is like everything I've ever wanted to listen to in my life." I had no idea this existed, you know. Yeah. And um, also a lot of like European rock bands that were big at the time, like Placebo and mm-hmm. like um, My Vitriol. Remember, <laughs> remember them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Huge fan. And Ash. Yeah. Ash. Ash fan yeah. I did a gig with Ash about. 12 years ago maybe did you? at Santos Party House there yeah. you go. oh my gosh <laughs> actually I did two qu- very quickly I did two things with Ash I did that gig and then they had some sort of like live stream where they were announcing a new album and for some reason of all people in the world the label asked me to like host the live stream and I was like okay and then I remember at one point it was a very small room and Tim Wheeler had to like get past me and he brushed against me and I had a moment <laughs> <laughs> Tim Wheeler was great yeah. but you know who I loved Charlotte Hatherley mm-hmm. Charlotte mm-hmm. Hatherley is an unsung like feminist girl power hero like mm-hmm. I love she did like a solo album at some point where she covered like XTC this is pop I remember I'm pulling this from the annals of my brain like literally <laughs> like, I've never thought about but I actually recall this yeah, yeah it was so good I loved her so much Ash was a good Britpop yeah, yeah. we're gonna go into some Britpop oh later. yeah no, we, we got yeah, it we yeah. got it <laughs> I mean I'm such an Anglophile how did you like get started blogging anyway um I I had a, a big I was talking about this in Palm Springs actually a big force in my life when I was a teenager was the whole.com Courtney Love um, fan forums. And I, one of my friends, uh, whose name is Patrick, Holler Patrick, we're still friends. Uh, be, and we met on the, like, because at the time, remember, there was, like, band forums had, like, the primary forum. Then there was, like, love and, like, other bands. <laughs> and, like, you could, like, have subcategories of forums. There was mm-hmm. one on the whole.com forums, which was love and sex or something and under that forum there was like a massive thread called the gay and lesbian bedroom bible again i haven't thought about this in literal years but (laughs) and it was this thread that you would just update every day and it was thousands of pages long and we would all just like hang out on this thread and so from there i got like a blogger or something even before live journal but so at some point all of that community that i was talking to on the Courtney Love fan forums <laughs> migrated onto Live Journal, and so mm. I got a Live Journal, and then I moved to New York. So, all in that summer, I started Live Journal, moved to New York, was blogging all day because I had nothing else to do. Because I, <laughs> spoiler alert, didn't go to college, so I like was just <laughs> bumming around New York, not doing anything, and uh, I met you, Biddy. Leo from K9 Records, all in that summer, and um, Mommy and Daddy. Oh, yeah. Because I was literally on the Lower East Side. I'd never been to New York before. I was just about to turn 18, and I saw a flyer for Mommy and Daddy playing, like, I don't know, Lux or something, and I was like, ooh, like, they seem cool. 
And so I emailed Vivian and was like, your fan is amazing. Like, let's be friends. <laughs> she was like, probably not realizing I was like a random 17-year-old. Because like, she had put her email just on a flyer. And she was like, cool. And so we became friends. And I don't know. Blogging was just like the thing to do. Like, I saw Almost Famous right before I moved here and I was like I could do that and just was like <laughs> was like college no thanks I'm just gonna yeah. like talk to bands and so I started doing that also oh my god also at the same time I had to take my GED equivalence exam because again no college so and I'd actually technically dropped out of high school to move here and um at that course I was in um, this girl was like, oh, I'm writing for this after-school teen program in Harlem. You should come, like, write for them. And I was like, cool. So I ended up, it was called Harlem Live. And I ended up, like, writing for this random website at a time when, like, having a website was still a novel thing. Yeah. And a blog as well where, like, no one had them. So it was like, I would go, I would interview, like, the new pornographers and, like, Kimya Dawson, all for this random after school <laughs> No one knew what it was. <laughs> but because it existed, they were like, I guess it must be legit. And, like, so I interviewed, like, Mogwai and all oh these random God. people, but, like, for this random website That's that awesome. was for, like, <laughs> like teens <laughs> in Harlem. So all the that long monologue to say all of those things kind of converged in the same period of time when I moved here, the summer that I moved here. Mm. And, um, and yeah, I kind of just like never looked back and then live journal became a thing. Then me and Christina started disco nap. We met on live journal, my, my home girl, my bestie, Christina that I'm staying with right now. Uh, we met on live journal, went to a cat power show together, like became best friends. And yeah, then we started disco nap, which was just like fun. I met Marissa, I started doing sup. I'm getting Crazy. ahead of myself. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> and so then I started legitimately writing and getting paid for it. And uh, now I'm, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> now I just do me, you know? Yeah, no, that's Sorry, like... that was really long. <laughs> no, that was, that was, that no, was a good catch-up, like, I think. No, but you, like, turned it into something, you know? So, yeah. like, it wasn't just, like, like, this hobby. You know, for some people, I think it was a hobby or, like, just something they did because they went to shows a lot. Yeah. Um, But... You know, you, like, made it a career. Yeah. Well, it was definitely that as well. It was definitely a hobby, and also because we went to shows so much. But, yeah, it's always something – I always knew that writing was something that I wanted to do professionally. I've never had another professional goal. Yeah. I've never had another career, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've done social media stuff, but it was always sort of, like, a day job. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it just kind of went hand-in-hand hand with what I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. So I just kept doing it. That's awesome. And what are you doing now as it relates to – Music, blogging, um, being I don't involved. Really, I don't really blog anymore. I mean, obviously, we're all on social media. I've yeah. been doing this thing on my Instagram stories where I'll just take a million concert videos and just, like, upload them and make highlights. So I went to, like, Russ Gilder Festival. I went to Primavera. I saw the Spice Girls, which was, like, life-affirming. And so, yeah, I've been, like, doing these curated, like, concert videos from my Instagram stories and just, like, having fun with that. Um, and I write. I, I, you know, have written for pitchfork i've written for noisy i've written for um right now i'm on actually the film critic team for ex berliner which is the largest english language um 
I'm actually familiar with it because of the artist that we were mentioning oh, before yeah, yeah, this exactly. uh, podcast started. Yeah. That's going to be uh, in Berlin in soon. Issue? Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, in yeah. the next issue. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on their film critic team and I also just, just like write features for them. Oh, cool. Um, I write for Crack a lot. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're big here, but they're, they're kind of like a free print music magazine that's actually really cool. They're kind of like on the forefront of a lot of new music. They're based in Berlin and in Bristol, I think. Um, and so they're the ones that sent me to Roskilde this year, and I've been writing features for them. I interviewed um, Rico Nasty for them How recently. Cool. She was awesome. She was really cool. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I'm you know I'm just like living that music journalist life. I've also branched more into film. I ended up working in the film industry for a while when I was still in New York, and so I write a lot of like film criticism. I do a lot of film festivals, um, and just write in general. I just enjoy writing. You know, so any subject that interests me, really, mm-hmm. I'll do. And you have your own podcast. Yes. And me and my friend Jill Baton, who actually um, runs a podcast network in uh, Berlin called Bear Radio. That is the only, I believe, English language podcast network in Berlin, or if not in Germany, actually. Um, and we have a podcast called Friends and Girls, which is about emo and pop punk nostalgia. Because <laughs> um, oh we, yeah, because that's also like going back to the Napster thing. I downloaded every like emo 90s, 2000s album off of Napster or LimeWire. Don't come for me, feds. Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so we, she, talking about being younger, she's like 27, 26 or 27. So right now she's 27. Right now, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. so it's really funny because I just turned 35. And so um, our our like arc of emo and pop punk appreciation is really complimentary because I know I'm into like braid, bright eyes, and I dipped out of emo right as she was dipping in. So mm-hmm. she does like Paramore and like all of those bands that yeah. I know and I know one or two songs but I can't say that I'm, like, obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I'm like, oh, no, Braid, Frame, and Canvas is, like, my favorite album of all mm-hmm. time. Like, get into it. So we educate each other in those ways. Um, and now we just, like, listen to new pop punk and new emo music, which I never thought I would be doing. But here we are. Um, and it's just a really fun podcast. We just, like, talk shit about emo bands. And um, Oh, good. <laughs> oh, no. It's fully tongue-in-cheek. It's a mess. Like, it's it's really it's like we just did. I was we, like, don't tell me no, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you love emo, current I, emo. I don't bands. even know any current emo or um, like newer emo bands. I don't think there there there. Are, it's actually there's a little bit of a resurgence. I think because everyone's doing like '90s, 2000s, yeah, nostalgia anyway. Mm-hmm. That those bands were bound to come up, but um, but yeah, we just kind of like have fun with it, and every episode is an in depth dive on one album. And we do the episode that I listened to most recently was when you, uh, you guys hopped into uh, dashboards, uh, places you've come to fear yeah, the most, yeah. which we touched upon uh, uh, in the first season yeah. uh, briefly. But we hadn't listened <laughs> to that in a so while. She's like, we did, didn't we? <laughs> Loved it, didn't you? Well, <laughs> well, she interviewed. She interviewed Chris. Chris. Yeah, Chrissy C. Chrissy Carves. Yeah, a, I had It's a really. Him. It's a funny it's, interview. It's, yeah. it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> when you listen back, I don't know if you've ever done this, but like listen back to like really old tapes. Oh, I'd rather kill myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, it, I actually had no recollection of how horrible the interview was, but um. I played it for Matt, and I was like. Oh yeah, like let's listen to this and like and see if it works for the emo episode and like oh my god, he was such a fucking dick. <laughs> Those are the he worst was interviews. Dick. Those are the worst interviews where just like 
up a creek without a paddle and you're just like, cool, we have 15 more minutes to fill and I mm-hmm. want to kill myself. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally the worst thing in the world. I remember it's having that with Simeon Mobile Disco once and really? I was really <laughs> hoping it would be, because I used to love them and I loved yeah. them when it was just Simeon and, and then I spoke with them and it did not go anywhere and I was really? like, I don't know what to do with yeah. this, you know? <laughs> yeah, you give it me nothing. So then I was like, so what's your favorite album? I, yeah. I didn't know yeah. what to do. Ugh. You know, grasping for straws. But on the other hand, it's really nice when you have like a really fluid, great interview. But yeah. like, ooh, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's friends and girls. Check it out. It's on available on all your favorite podcasting, whatever. <laughs> we're on <laughs> Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Um, when we're on Instagram uh, at friends and girls, uh, so check us out. Send us a DM if you have a <laughs> emo band you want us to cover let us know um do you, i out of curiosity do you get people that are just i don't know typing in friends and something who like stumble upon it because it really i just feel like it's yet. such a it's it's a great name and it's yeah. so easy and people could spell it and, you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> well yeah it's it's it, it's called friends and girls because we like poke fun at the fact that like every emo song is about my friends and girls and like we almost called it um um i hate this town which would have been mm-hmm. <laughs> also pretty good. very different yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on surface yeah level. but then yeah. we're like maybe people won't get what it's about yeah. um but yeah, no, we mostly just get uh, people that are really into pop punk. Like we had a woman that was like, "I love Newfound Glory so much," and your episode was so good. And her <laughs> Instagram sorry. profile was literally just pictures of her Newfound Glory. And was like this is this is who I made this for. Like this is what I want. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really cool because um as we're about to find out, I'm super obsessive about music and I think about it all day every day. Mm-hmm. And so just to go just to talk about an album for an hour is like. My dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no matter what genre or who it is, like, I love it. So, yeah. Go back to, like, you know, early aughts, like, when uh-huh. you had, like, started blogging. Like, who were, like, some of your favorites that you were always, like, talking about on the blog? Um... Because you had um, the live journal was Garage Dream. Yeah. Oh, and Lord. <laughs> it's still up there. I really need to take it down. Like, I'm sure it's terrible, but yeah, please don't Google it. Please. <laughs> All my old bl- blogs, everything I was ever a part of, whether it was personal or for like you know music coverage is is all completely gone now yeah although with the way back machine sometimes i could dig oh, up something the, 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 the writing is just like i cringe it's myself. it's so bad so i'm bad. literally gonna get canceled so hard like i'm sure i said <laughs> something horrible about someone and they're gonna be like remember cameron well i'm not famous enough to get canceled but if i were i'd be shaking my boots we're definitely gonna read some uh, yes. excerpts <laughs> from <Help> disco <laughs> nap disco nap isn't as bad but i can't i cannot imagine what's on my live journal i'm scared yeah i kind of wish scared. you had like pulled out the live journal oh god <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was doing I was doing Garage Dream was the first the first iteration. Um, and yeah, who was I talking about? Um, I was well. Um, one of the things that I did was that um, Leo, who we mentioned earlier, who owns uh, the wonderful Canine Records, uh, he had put out a compilation called New York New Wave. Of course, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, everyone that did. Good. It was so good. And so I made it my mission to interview every band on that compilation. I got pretty far, actually. I maybe interviewed, like, maybe 10 bands that were on that compilation. Um, And uh, I really, really liked um, My Favorite, who are really... The band is called My Favorite, for those people that don't know them, which, (laughs) to be fair, is probably everyone. But um, 
really unsung heroes. Like to this day, they're working on new music. I'm still friends with the lead singer. Hey, Michael. Um, and as good as the Britpop bands that we idolized at the time or before, they're as good as Bell Sebastian. They're as good as Blur. They're as good as any of those bands. And the songwriting is so good and so intricate and so uh, self-mythological, which I love bands that like create their own universes. Mm -hmm. And my favorite did that on a shoestring. Like, literally, they reunited at Pop Fest before I moved, like, maybe five years ago. And it was there, there were maybe like 150 people there, but every single person was a super fan. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. every fan was there. <laughs> 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 no shade. They're literally one of my favorite bands ever. But um, yeah, they were like, I was really, really championing them. And I still think that it's like so unfair. They're not the most popular band in America. What is it you think like that it didn't happen for them and it happened for all these other bands? I mean, it's it's. Um, right place at the right time a lot. I mean, there there's so many bands from that era that were just as good as Interpol, but like, for whatever reason... Maybe better. Yeah, or maybe better. <laughs> but for whatever reason, Interpol were the ones that made it, you know? Mm. And I think that's true of any scene of any era in music. Like, mm -hmm. some... You, you just... It's just luck, you know? Um, but also, like, they were doing something... They were also slightly ahead of the curve, I feel, mm. because mm. they were doing like really sentimental electro pop like before like dancing on my own do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. 10 years before like tears on the dance floor was a thing yeah they have this song called homeless club kids that's like such a banger and it's like this really sad really synthy like uh like five minute long dance pop song that like um, I think what what's the song Bell Sebastian did? Um, Your cover's blown. Do you remember mm -hmm. that song? Of course. It it was like that. Only it was like six years before Your cover's blown. Do you know what I mean? And so I feel like they were just not in the right place at the right time because um, they're brilliant. Like they're such a brilliant band. So anyway, to get back to your question, that was I was writing about them a lot. I was writing just a lot about Britpop, like any British band that like sneezed in. 2003. That's I was like, why Leo I love got it. along like, really well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, um, I really like Bentley. I'm going through like, where are they now? Like, Dogs Die in Hot Cars. No one, <laughs> no one knows about the band. No one knew about them at the time, <laughs> but I was like super obsessed with that band. Um, I love this uh, Britpop band that was maybe, I don't remember the exact year that the album came out, but I, it, they were called Long Pigs. Do you remember them? <laughs> yeah, Long Pigs was um, Richard Hawley as mm -hmm. well. Richard Hawley from Richard Hawley fame. Also, he was in Pulp yeah. for a while. And he was also, trivia, the session guitarist on, um, the sessions guitarist on uh, Pure Shores by All Saints. That oh. That's also uh, Richard Hawley. Okay. If my memory serves me correctly. Um, so, so, yeah, no, Long Pigs were great. Some of those, like, mid-90s um, Britpop bands that only really had a couple songs or one album were so good. Manson, oh. I remember uh, really yes, loving. Yes, Manson. Um, all them Gene, like, Shed 7. I still yeah. have, like, Spotify compilations. Um, also, I love um, Republica. <laughs> Ready of to course. go. Ready yeah. to go is oh like that. Oh my still, god! Still so good. At work, I was so I was talking about this podcast to my coworker today, and she was like, "Do you remember Republica?" <laughs> <laughs> Saffron, Saffron, Saffron. Where are you? Slide into my DMs, girl. What you doing? I remembered the song, but I didn't remember like the band name. Oh, you know, yeah. Ready to go. the like, video was like a bit of a headache, wasn't it? 
There was a lot going on. There was a lot. There was an era of like women in deserts that was like a a music video genre, like Shania Twain, like all of that. And I'm remembering a girl in desert motif in in that video. Although I might be thinking of Spice Girls, but I think it was. I think Republica also had a video in a desert. Part of me thinks that in that particular video, it's just like every half second is a different cut, and like you (laughs) can't focus on anything. You know, yeah. It also might have that weird. You know, you know, like the like. I always think of Joan Joan Osborne, like God is one of the. Who I worked with a couple years ago. Anyway, yeah. Let's pull the tea later. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's like that weird, long exposure effect. You know, it'll be like bright and then it'll like speed up really quickly. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I feel like it definitely had that going too. Like every single video from like 1994 to 2001 had that like weird like. Yeah. You're right. Carnival <laughs> shit going on. It was it was a weird time for music. Yeah. Goal, it was like, like it was design. like a new technology, <laughs> and everybody was like, "I'm gonna play around with it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was old technology because it was supposed to be like a film. <laughs> really weird. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Like so, I was writing about Britpop bands. Uh, I was writing. I wasn't writing so much about like American indie rock, to be honest. Like that, mm-hmm. I never, I never really listened to like a lot of bands that people were into at that time. I really liked um, The Long Winters. The Long yep. Winters was oh, also yeah. a band that I really, really talked about a lot. Because, um, again, I, they're just having that kind of, like... Um, they didn't quite make it either. Yeah, well, th- w- w- the guy from um, Long Winters was in Harvey Danger, wasn't he? Was he, like, the guitarist in Harvey Danger? There's a connection there. There's, like, a uh, Seattle Pacific North Northwest Harvey okay. Danger Long Winters connection. I'm pretty sure. Um, I haven't said the words Harvey Danger out loud. I saw time. them at the Bell House. I saw them at the Bell House when I still worked there. Um, they played a show. Everyone was like, and then literally they played Flagpole Sitta. Yeah. Obviously the last song, the yeah. last encore. And everyone was like, oh, like everyone was like, <laughs> this band. Um, oh, the keyboardist. The keyboardist. Yeah. Okay. From Harvey Danger. Is yeah. See, I knew there was something going on there. That's good trivia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- yeah, just like any sort of like sad person, I wrote about Block Party a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw their first American show at I want to say like Tribeca Grand. Oh, uh, wow. They played their first show there. Um, the next day, I went to Other Music. The EP was sold out. <laughs> other Music. Yeah, other I know. R.I.P. Yeah. I that think we have another Other Music full episode York. at some yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should get everyone in here. Yeah. And like have a have a have a have a hoedown yeah. with the other music guys because man, what an institution! Oh my! I God. mean, I definitely would buy things in that store that would be just based on their little description. Oh yeah! I mean, that's that's where I bought uh, the first Patrick Wolf album. Oh right! Yeah. yeah. Oh, good old Patrick. Oh, I miss him. Do you follow him on on? Um, I had to stop Instagram. <laughs> Why? What's what is no, he? I don't wild. know. It's 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 uh, it's um. A woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Like it's always. It's, yeah. What? He's just really. He's uh. He's really intense. And on, I on thought the, there was the a brand. moment where everything was cool and he was in a committed relationship. He seemed happy and he was writing new music. And then he had a book of poetry. I don't know. And yeah. then it just like I. I don't know what happened. Moody selfies for days. Yeah. For days. But <laughs> we love you, Patrick. Come back. Make a new album with like a kid's xylophone or whatever you do. I listened recently to The Magic Position, which I haven't listened to in a long time. Although that's not my favorite yeah. Patrick Wolf album, but uh, God, it's, it's so good. good. Yeah, I listen to that album actually pretty regularly, mm-hmm. and it's still really good. I love. I'm a Wind in the Wires kind yeah, of Patrick also, Wolf fan. That, yeah, that album is also amazing. Yeah. Did you 
Did you do like showcases? I feel like you did. Not really. Oh. Uh, the only showcase I ever did was for my twenty third birthday. Not the only one, but on my twenty fifth twenty third birthday at Knitting Factory, because um, Shara worked for there. For Bloggers Delight. And it wasn't it was probably <laughs> Bloggers Delight. And it was a pain show. It was Pains of Being Pure Heart. That's another band that I, although they were like on the end of the disco nap era, because I just looked it up today, and our last post was June thirtieth, two thousand nine. So ten years. So, and that's just about when pains were taking off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So we. So we. I didn't blog about them that much, but um, Kip and Alex and Peggy were really good friends of mine that I met through Christina, who I did the blog with, because um, they all went to college together. And so, um, yeah, when pains first started, I was like, oh, Kip has a band, and then I was like, they're really good. And um, that was also when, like, the indie pop, like, fever was sort of taking New York, mm-hmm. and, like, that became a big scene. So, um, yeah. I saw them on that first album tour, well, not yeah. even tour, whenever they played locally, a, a gazillion times. Yeah, a lot. I still love every song on that debut. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a perfect album. Like, yeah. every single song is good. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was my 23rd birthday party, which you do the math. And um, uh, Payne's played – it was before Kurt was drumming for them, so their drummer was still, like, the iPod, like, Nano <laughs> the beats on it and um pm dawn were playing the main space upstairs and oh. they came downstairs and we were going up uh, in between bands at bloggers light we were going up and watching pm dawn who were i mean r.i.p as well but like dude was like laid out on stage like did you have a percocet and this girl like gave him a percocet <laughs> and he took it and just like laid on stage we were like okay oh and my like God. they came downstairs they were like oh it's your birthday i was like yeah and they were like, never give up on your dreams. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, great. They're like, happy birthday. Never. Like, just like deep in my eyes, like, never give up on your dreams. Ooh, and I was like, okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. I'm thinking about PM Don. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Like, they're just always it was in character. Really, it, was really, it was really intense. Did but you yeah. have a Vloggers to Life, Matt? I did not. No. Oh, no. There, there or maybe, like a... you know what? A lot, honestly, <laughs> there was a lot of booze happening at the time and i i don't remember certain pockets of of that i had a really messy one knitting factory was so mad because uh, (laughs) (laughs) because uh i had cheeseburger close the night oh oh, god and there was beer over everything (laughs) like knitting factory was like what the fuck (laughs) that's not what you do and i was like I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, I was still yeah. kind of, like, not on, like, the technical seat. You know? <laughs> yeah, you were, like, I didn't know you weren't supposed to, like, throw beer on stage. And <laughs> 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 that, that's what you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. A lot of bands were doing that at the time. Remember Black Lips when they first started? Everyone was like, uh, oh, oh, boy. I was afraid when yeah, I was at a Black Yeah, me too. I was, like, not in the front. Like, actually nervous for my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I once saw them and they uh, sorry and they Go were ahead. playing with uh, Health, who I still love to this day. Oh, yes. And it was a joint show. Uh, it was a je- I think it was a Jelly NYC show. I don't remember, but anyway, Black Lips were first, and then it was Health. But I wanted to be in the front for Health, and I anyway that Black Lips, I, I was I was scared. I was going <laughs> to get crushed or killed or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it was still fun. Yeah, fun yeah. Times. Yeah, a I mean that was part of the nice. thrill. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, I definitely got hit by a microphone stand at a fever show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, the fever. So, oh, so good. Um, but, you know, that's, that's like, part of the fun of being, mm. like, young and drinking mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. at a show and, like, you're surrounded You'll by survive. your friends mm-hmm. and everyone's, like, up front and dancing. Like, it was all about being up front. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. I you know, so now we're old and in the back anymore. probably. I yeah. don't know about you, Kim. But yeah. like. Oh, no. I haven't seen the front of a stage in a very long time. 
Matt will sneak up to take a I'll photo. I'll sneak up to take a photo or see what they actually look like up close, then I'll go back mm. to the back. Did it ever get to the point where, like, bands you knew or bands that you kind of knew, like, would recognize you from the front of the stage? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I worked at Mute, uh, well, my obsession with um, Jose Gonzalez has never waned, but um, <laughs> I definitely had, like, a insane, like, obsession with him. And at one point, it was Bowery, I think he was playing, or Webster Hall or something. And I was in the front, and afterwards, he was like, it's always so nice to see you in the front. Aww. He was like, it's always so nice that you're, like, the one person who, like, actually works in the music industry and actually, like, isn't jaded, who's just, like, creepily staring at you. <laughs> 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 like, hey, I think people just like that, you know? Yeah. It's, like, comforting to, like, kind of see a face. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I remember, like, the first time I went to, like, Austin, I, like, I was still, like, obsessed with the Walkman, and I went to go see them at like some warehouse show, and I remember like Peter from the Walkman like seeing me, and I was like really confused. <laughs> like you're in here. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like yes, I am. Yes. Yes. Here I we am. go. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, those were fun times. Um, did you like grow up listening to any mixtapes though? Not really. Really. Um, I kind of grew up in a musical bubble like my mom was a jazz singer and randomly and maybe before I was born she was more of a music consumer but when I was growing up she didn't really own any records Mm. and so she would listen to the radio a lot so she would find like a jazz radio station wherever we lived and would just play that a lot so I was like nine or ten before I even realized there were other kinds of music Mm. and again like we we didn't watch tv so it was like I didn't really have um that exposure to culture. So it's like MTV, like Yeah, said. I didn't have I didn't have MTV until I until I moved you, to Paris. Yeah. And so I would watch MTV at my friend's house. My best friend in middle school um had it and we would I would watch MTV obsessively with him. So I had that. But no mixtapes didn't happen until um I would tape songs off the radio. Yes. I would oh, do yeah, that but for myself. Like I wouldn't yeah. give it to anyone. I would just do that. Or um I would once, like, I got a computer that could burn CDs, I would make mixes for my friends. Mm-hmm. I would, like, make a mix a month when I was in high school, and I would just um, uh, choose, like, ten songs and make, like, copies and give them to friends or, like, actually make people pay for them to pay for the CDs. Oh. Yeah, so I was a little, like, <laughs> a little oh, business. Just, like, making, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, but I so feel similarly. I think I made more than I received. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, and then I, once I moved to New York and I made friends with, you know, people that were into music, I definitely got mixes for my birthdays and stuff. But no, growing up, getting into music, it wasn't really a thing just because I didn't really have other friends that were as obsessed with music as I was. Mm-hmm. Did you like, like, tape the songs off the radio and, like, um, what I would do is, like, like play them over and write down the lyrics? So I was, like, um, trying to, like, figure out the lyrics and like I never wrote um there used to be well we're gonna talk about this later when we get into like the blog but I was really 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 influenced by smash hits which I don't know if you guys know that magazine but it was a bi-weekly I, music magazine yeah I, I mean I, I didn't really read it but I know of it yeah, yeah I was like obsessed with it it's still to this day such it's like my favorite magazine probably ever mm-hmm. and um they used to do this thing uh in the 90s and it stopped in 2006 I think but in the 90s they would have um, part of the magazine would be cardboard, like the um, back of it, and they would have detachable lyrics. And so you could, like, oh. rip the lyrics off, and they would come, like, every, like, six months or something, for, like, summer and Christmas or something, there'd be a, like, plastic booklet. 
And so you could put the lyrics in the booklet and have your own little like lyrics. Oh, that's a cute. It was so cool. It was like the cool. It it was like it was like a a weird zine for like kids, but like made by like gay twenty six year old music fans. It was like the it's like something (laughs) that couldn't exist. Right. I wish I had that. It was so good. (laughs) I I would literally only one um uh news agents would get it in Cannes when I lived there, and it was on the other side of the boardwalk. And so I would put on my rollerblades and I would <laughs> rollerblade down the boardwalk and be like, did you get smash hits yet? They're like, you know, you can call. Like, why are you? <laughs> and I was like, see you tomorrow. I would like rollerblade like back home during the summer. And I would do that every day until like they got it. Um, and I would just read it cover to cover on a, it was, it's so funny too. It was like really irreverent, really funny, really weird. But so, yeah, I would, I wouldn't write down lyrics. I would just like use the smash hits uh, oh, that's lyric cool. booklet. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like super into like reading the lyrics or mm-hmm. like knowing oh, what the yeah, lyrics were, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, just cause like we're, we're all kind of n- word nerds here, I think. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. It's just like fun to kind of like, that's how I connected, right? Like with yeah. the lyrics and it was yeah. just like, cause I, I was definitely like, I might not have been like emo, emo as we know it today, but I was definitely like an emo teenager. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were you were emo adjacent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was same. I, I was sad. Same, yeah, <laughs> or just I was depressed actually. Uh, it was depression, but yeah, we can also call it emo. Sure. Yeah. Um. No, same. I I was I anytime an album. Um, had the lyrics in the booklet, it was a luxury. Like you could. I was like, just about to say yeah. that when it and actually the opposite when it did not, I was super bummed. Yeah. yeah. Or or do you remember um, uh, what um, Pulp used to do, where all of their albums have the lyrics in them, but it says um, do not read the lyrics while listening to the music. Like there's, there's a disclaimer in it. <laughs> oh, Could I didn't Pulp realize that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just like to like not to be read while listening to album or something. It was yeah. It's it's yeah really funny but yeah god lyrics love it to this day i don't really like instrumental music that much like i need mm-hmm. a voice and lyrics and mm-hmm. something for me to like connect yeah like it's really difficult for me to connect to inter- in- in- very instrumental rare music. that i yeah. like an I instrumental band but there are some mm-hmm. like i love mono yeah yeah true. i used to, i mean there are a few bands still to this day that i enjoy that uh, are vocalists for the most part but um i would say i was really into like that whole post-rock thing for sure. like a hot minute, yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite bands to this day still is is uh, Mogwai. And oh, for yeah. sure. But I mean, there aren't too many left. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. back then I used to listen to Explosions in the Sky and yeah. Mogwai and uh, various others. Yeah. Yeah. What was the band that everyone's talking about? British blank, black, MIDI. Have you um, are they Blank Midi or Black Midi? Black Midi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Black Midi. Black Midi. I listened to them. Everyone was like, and not to trash them, like, I, they were good, but everyone was like, Black Midi, oh my God, like, best new music, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, this is hella. It's the exact same band. Like, I was really, I was expecting something mind-blowing, and I was like, this is the post-rock that happened in 2002. Mm-hmm. It's just another, and it's not bad. Like it's it's a really good album, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like like it's already cycled back where like old things are new, you know. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm still alive. <laughs> like I still feel young. <laughs> like why? No. It's kind of weird no, that's how like scary. people and, don't yeah. know like yeah. so, you know like the history and like they've already forgotten because yeah. it has cycled through. And like like I was in, on tour last week and I was in the van and everyone was like, Lizzo, 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 Beyonce, 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 and yeah. I was like. Okay, cool. Like, you know, and I was talking about like how like it's not like I hate that. I I like totally respect them as artists and and like 
but I don't like worship them. I'm not like obsessed with Mm -hmm. them. You know, I just appreciate them for what they do. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what? Like, and they were like, who do you worship? And I was like, well, I don't really worship anyone, Mm -hmm. but like, I admire people like Kim Gordon. And Mm. they were like, who? Yeah. Well, I think there's no curiosity now. And and I've noticed this even outside of the music realm. I just feel like uh, in general, there's just no interest in kind of doing your homework. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't really have to because there's so much content that like if you don't like, you know, grunge or whatever, you never have to listen to grunge because you're never going to be everyone's feed is so curated you're never going to listen to something that you wouldn't already like mm-hmm. so so even with like spotify discover weekly like it's not going to throw you something that you might actually find interesting but that's completely outside of your current interests right so like it's kind of like if you like i like lizzo then like you're going to be listening to lizzo music unless you really go out of your way to listen to something that you might not mm-hmm. enjoy initially so it makes discovery actually harder in a weird way mm-hmm. Because the algorithm is, like, just going to give you, like, Lizzo music, and that's what you like. Because you you have all this choice, so you just go with what you know. Exactly. You know? Um, Yeah, I I agree. I mean, like, it's it's hard. It, it, like, in a way, I would, I, I feel good about the era that I grew up in because, like, there's a lot of cool stuff happening now, but it, I like, I like being told what to like by, like, a, reputable source like i like magazine editors you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's like i like someone being like i have a critical eye and it's not just based on a statistic but it's based on my actual lived experience and i can tell you this is what i think is good and like and those people are well you know fewer and fewer oh absolutely absolutely and so like yeah i i kind of enjoy that i grew up even reading something like Rolling Stone, which is so mainstream, and like I would never pick up an issue of Rolling Stone at this point. <laughs> but if you want me to write for you, call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll pick it up in a minute. Um, but but yeah, it's just like, oh okay, you know, it was nice to have like even like Rob Sheffield to be like, cool. Like if I want like sad indie boy white music, I will listen to what Rob Sheffield has to say because he's the authority on that. You and know? now he's sorry. I'm gonna be a little shady, but now he's like a Taylor Swift loon, and I'm uh, yeah, like, yeah, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, well, every well. time I see a tweet from him come up in my feed, I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, really? I think that we live in a world that like is all about how many Instagram followers, right? How many clicks are we gonna get? Right. Like, yeah. and like those num like people are like, for like kind of maybe he's forced to do it. You never know. Yeah. Like you get a lot of pressure. In, yeah. like, the editorial world these days, like, and, like, you know, so it might not be him. He might have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I feel like, t- to go back to your point, Cam, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, there's no, like, curation, and you don't know what the motivation is mm, behind, yeah. like, people's, like, articles these days. And, yeah. and a lot of times it's just because, oh, well, we know if we were right about Taylor Swift, we're going to yeah. get, like, exponentially more clicks than like some band that nobody knows and maybe has like you know a hundred instagram followers or something like that it's all their friends that's literally my life every day (laughs) is i I represent for the most part um people on on smaller labels or they're doing something completely on their own and uh yeah it's it's more of a struggle than it ever has been yeah yeah for sure like i don't know i mean listen i love social media like i'm hugely addicted to instagram like now they have that little thing that's like, 
you've been on Instagram for two hours. And I'm like, so what? Like, every day I'm like, click, <laughs> like, don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't care. Like, melt my brain. I literally don't care. Um, but, like, you know, it's it, – so I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily um, think it's inherently a bad thing. But I do think that, like, in order to be an artist right now – that's successful, you kind of have to be able to do those things. Like, it's really difficult for you to, like, sit at home and, like, you know, there's never going to be, like, I don't know, like, another, like, Rocky Erickson or something. You can't, there's mm-hmm. no there's no arena for someone to sit down at home and just write songs and not do anything with them. And maybe someone will give them some money to put it out. Like, now it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, what is your brand? Like, what is your message? You know, and it's 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 a different skill than being a musician, yeah. you know? And so when you do have people like Taylor Swift, or even Grimes, I think Grimes is really good at doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I've had my ups and downs critically with Grimes. I feel like Same. we're in a good place right now. Like I actually really like the music she's been putting out for mm-hmm. the last couple of years. But, um, but yeah, it's like, she knows that like, if she tweets about how, or if she does a post about how she got, you know, all the, the blue surgery. Out of her eye, yeah, it's <laughs> like, she, it's like, everyone's going to talk to that. And then people will listen to her music. And, like, that's just kind of the game at this point. You like have she's, to have a personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't just be, like, a random person with a song. Like, you know? could Daniel, like, like R.I.P. Daniel Johnston, but, like, mm. could there be, like, a, a Daniel Johnston today? I don't know. Probably. I mean, he borderlined on, like, outsider art. So, yeah. like, that's kind of a different thing. But, like, it's hard to say because, like, you know, maybe if there was, like, a, like, a like 25 year old mentally ill person that's putting stuff on SoundCloud, but then like, how would you access that? Yeah. Whereas like if you were in Austin or whatever, and someone gave you a Daniel Johnson tape in 1994, that was a different network, but it, uh, it eventually fed into a system that was functional. Whereas mm-hmm. the music industry now is, doesn't really exist. It's like, just not a functional industry and it's, it's Spotify <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah. Apple music. Like there's not yeah. really anything else to do and so if you're not feeding into that online digital platform like there's no real way for anyone to know what you're doing like are there any like so like no you think like no one's writing about the little the little bands anymore like are people yeah i mean do, do I you read about i mean oh well, i'm old now but like well, i'm too. like talking about like where did 20 year olds go to find like the the next big you know indie band you know I don't I don't know if they're seeking it yeah. I don't know I think it's like I think it's like SoundCloud rappers I mean there I mean people post stuff on SoundCloud people post stuff on Instagram and like if you follow those people those curators you'll get that content eventually um, but like I think that's what the equivalent of like a Daniel Johnson tape in 1994 is. A 19-year-old on SoundCloud. I mean, look at um, you know, Old Town Road, is like, so which in a way is exciting. Like, I really like the story of Old Town Road. Mm-hmm. Like, that could have never happened before. That someone put something on SoundCloud, then it became a TikTok meme, then it became like it filtered into the mainstream. Then it had like a me uh, like um uh uh um. The media controversy oh, yeah, on yeah, Billboard, yeah, and then it became a cause celeb for country music artists, and then it became the longest running number one of all time. Like that's in like six months. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's like crazy. And like SoundCloud and TikTok and the internet and nineteen-year-olds made that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
it's not all bad. It's just not the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are artists who are suffering because of that. But then there's also Lil Nas X. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard. It's 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 a hard call to make. You know, because um, I really liked, as I said, the era that I grew up in music. But like, if I were 19. I would probably be just as plugged in as I was before, just in different ways that don't really speak to me as a 35-year-old, even though I love TikTok. It's the, it's the best, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I want you to at least touch upon briefly yes. um, one of your old blog posts. Um, we've all okay. we've all done it okay, here. Okay, and, okay, okay, and, okay. Should yeah. I pull it up or do you want to just read um, the I can read from the thing. I'll do okay. the Mel C one because that one is funny. Okay. Oh, here it is. So... Um, <laughs> To give some context, I was a huge pop music fan, am a huge pop music fan. When I was growing up, uh, when I was a teenager, a little gay boy doing my coming to terms with my personality as a diva, um, I was really into just um, even Britney. Britney is like such a huge touch point for me. People, we I saw t- Britney together at yeah. MSG. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it like, the, the, like it was yesterday. I remember the best part. You know what it was. The uh, part of her hair fell out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember this part, which was the girl on the trampoline who was a double amputee. Oh, yeah. Who was doing, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. To be fair, the circus tour was not her, her shyness moment. No, no. Um, but, yeah. Um, and so, I would, but I was kind of like denied myself pop for a while as I was getting into my like broody mm-hmm. indie post punk phase. Um, so, when I started the blog with Christina Disco Nap, we covered a lot of pop music. And, um, yeah, I would get weird flack for it. But I love the Spice Girls as much as I love Hole and as much as I love uh, Can. You know, it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the same type of music for me. Yeah. Um, so I wrote this um, <laughs> blog post. Oh, God. <laughs> I wrote this blog post uh, about uh, Mel C. She put out video, a new video. Yeah. Which, um, as you can see from this printout, is no longer on YouTube. So <laughs> Not surprised. It's, it's like, that big gray yeah, box. It's a big gray <laughs> box. So I can't even remember what this video was. But the headline is Mel C looks like Sean Marshall in her new video, and it disturbs us. Is the headline? Um, Sean Marshall, of course, being Cat Power. For those of you that don't know, if you don't know that, then turn off this podcast and listen to me. <laughs> You're listening to the wrong podcast. Um, so, <laughs> God. Please, please keep in mind this was like 10 years ago and I was an idiot. Um, Nothing against Melanie C in theory, although we're rather perplexed as to why someone would think the 56 millionth cover of The Strange Loves I Want Candy would make for a good comeback vehicle. Seriously, could we be bored any harder? I'm so sorry, Melanie. I love Melanie so much. This is so cunty for no reason. We um, the thing is when we go, when we look back to we were also kind of cunty. But yeah. I had we no were idea cu- I was so cunty. We were cunty towards people at shows that we didn't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but this is also me like denying myself that I'm a pop music fan. Like I felt like I had to be shady, mm. and I couldn't just be like, I love Melanie C. This is great. You know what I mean? um, the only interesting thing about this video is that she looks like some sort of bizarro cat power, and seeing her flanked at each side by topless men in police uniforms is, quite frankly, too much to handle. Uh, is it, though? It, is. <laughs> it, was, it was the exact right amount of things to handle uh, for me in 2009. <laughs> from. Um, in other news, EMI seems to have registered a domain name for the Spice Girls reunion tour, even though Mel C hasn't committed. Whatever. <laughs> We're sure it's for charity or something. <laughs> <laughs> you actually can't put that in. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like you literally, it's like I will legit get canceled for things I've said on the internet. I need to go. 
I need to go through this. We need that. We need that uh, beep, and then it goes to the next line. Okay. Oh God. I'm deleting this so they get home. We can almost see. This is where I get. This is actually me just projecting onto myself. <laughs> I love the, uh, yeah. this. This is how the, the post ends. I think yeah, it's the great. post ends by we can almost hear the sounds of hundreds of Firefox windows closing after reading this post. But whatever, we're pumped about this. We could give a shit about Sufjan <laughs> composing the oboe section of his new album about water fairies. Crow power. <laughs> I'm diseased. I don't know why I wrote oh that. My I apologize God. to Melanie C. And to women in general. It's amazing. To all women on the earth, I apologize. It's amazing. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, we were, like, babies back then, and we were just, like, excited. They were, 25. like, diaries. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. Like, we said a lot of things. That happened to me when I got really into Live Journal. When I would see people at shows, they'd be like, Oh, how's your mom? And I'd be like, you don't, I don't know you. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, weird. Weird. and, and, and we were really, really, I mean, I wrote, I was the most prolific on live show that I've ever been in my life. Like, <laughs> like I was writing like thousands of words a day, yeah. you know what I mean? On just like my life and music and what I wanted to do. And, um, we really put that out there with like no thought of no like thought. Wh- who would read it, if it, w- how long it would exist, like who would be interested. It was fully just like, just like, uh, just a word vomit every day. And there's something really cool about that. I miss I miss that yeah. actually. And there were no photos, nothing. It was just like yeah, we have to be so careful now, yeah, like what yeah. we post about and what we like reveal about ourselves. Yeah. And like we're so hyper aware of like the everlasting nature of cyberspace. Yeah, so, like, which in a way is good because like I wish that post didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I'm glad all my shit's gone. Oh off my the god, internet. I'm deleting everything as soon as oh I get home. Anyway. But to Jin's point, I also feel like a lot of times when we're doing this podcast, I'll kind of sort of reference an artist that I work with, but I don't say it out loud for whatever fear of I don't know. No, what. listen, you never know. You never but know. Safe than sorry. No. All right, so we are going to hop into our repeat skip segment uh, where we revisit two albums and talk about our favorites and least favorites. And uh, the first one is going to be Elastica's self-titled debut. Mm. Uh, Which, bringing it back to Leo and Timmy Records, he put out a reissue like last year or the year before. Yeah, Um, I have it. It's like red vinyl. I bought it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Worth it. I know, like worth it. It's colored. I'm getting it. I love a uh, colored vinyl. Yeah, of course. Everyone does. Who doesn't love colored vinyl? Yeah, this is like, what, 95? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really big fan of Alaska. Again, a band I hadn't really heard until I moved to Paris when I was like 16. So I was like a full like five years late on this album like when it came out by the, by the time I was into it. Um, but um, yeah, I really love Justine. She's chilling. Um, she's living LA. like farm life. She's in LA. She, no, she's an artist. She's like a. Oh, okay. she's, she's. I think she's in LA. Yeah. Last I checked, she's in LA and she's okay. doing like art stuff. Okay. But um, have, did you guys see that um documentary that came out last year on MIA? No. Um, mm. it's it's okay. There's some interesting parts about it, but a lot of it is MIA's own footage, and it's a lot of Elastica and Justine Hirschman because she oh. was on tour with them before she was MIA. She was like um, doing artwork for them oh. and was doing like merch and t-shirts and stuff. And oh, so I had no she idea. was really friends with Justine Hirschman. So a lot of it is like really early. And there's a, a video of them having like a fight, like an argument, and MIA just like put her camera on the counter and just like recorded them having like a really intense argument. It's a really like it's a really weird. Okay, now I have to watch. Yeah, this. but it's it's, it's <laughs> good. Anyway, yeah. Um, she that, was the coolest though. Justine oh, oh my god! Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, they're like the only band that hasn't one of the only bands that hasn't reunited, and she's like no, no. Although the drummer Justin, shout out, is in um, Proshka, 
right now the band with um Mickey from Lush mm-hmm. and her husband um, Moose. He was like a Britpop guy in the '90s. Like they're in in Parashka, and um he was the drummer on the Lush reunion tour as well. Okay. Um, that I saw it in London. So that's all my that's all my <laughs> last trivia for now. That's all I got. But yeah. Um. So should we skip and repeat? repeat yeah. And yeah. So what was uh, your repeat? My repeat was Blue. I really like that song. It's the one that gets stuck in my head the most. Um, uh, Why? It just, has, it just has that catchy electric blue. It's that like, boo, that like, when it launches it into the chorus and it's so like driving. All those songs are really like, yeah, are really like um, upbeat mm-hmm. um, for, for the most part. But yeah, that song is just, it's it's really is just like, it gets you like going, you know? Um, so I really like that song. And just, uh, the harmonies are really good. You guys remember um, oh, what was the band that Donna? Is her name Donna? The the uh, guitarist. I want to say it is. It was she was in a band called Clang, or something after Elastica. That I don't remember. You yeah, would know better know. than um, me. They had a song called "Dry Me Out, Cry Me Out." Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I want to say they were called Clang. Mm. Uh, but I really like, I really like her stuff too it's much better than the second Alaska album <laughs> um, you know, I, I completely forgot that, that existed until oh, i did, did like five seconds of homework earlier and i was like they released a second album people forgot it existed while it was happening like people were like what um wait justine was in suede yeah she was in suede uh before they became big because she was with brett and and it was <gasps> brett it was she dated every yeah. cool guy yeah. yeah yeah it was brett and justine and she left suede before their first album came out, and they almost broke up because Brett was like, "I can't do it without her." Uh, but can you imagine <laughs> and how then d- good? same thing with Damon Albarn, how he was like a mess yeah, without yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's listen. She's the fucking coolest. Yeah. yeah, she's 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 like the the coolest rock chick that's ever. She's the only yeah. person who like made me want to cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they got they had a really it. good look. Yeah, yeah. yeah really no, they good. looked amazing. Like and the music too, it like it came through in the music how like cool she was and like she had this like badass kind of edge, yeah. but it was still like very poppy and like yeah. mm-hmm. you know very like melodic. Yeah, like, yeah. I think they they weave together kind of pop and post punk and kind of new wave and kind of like Riot Girl slightly. Yeah, and like it was just badass. I and at a time when no one was really doing that, mm-hmm. especially women. I mean, I've been looking. I've been following a lot of like Brit pop. Um, and like 80s indie pop Instagram profiles and people will post um, I went to Reading 92 and like I saw Nirvana and, he, and they'll post like um, the poster for this thing no women yeah, no people of color it's really jarring when you look at it in the 21st century and you're like Elastica on a lot of those bills were the only women mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just like who were even, not even headlining just on the bill and it's like you know now there's so many amazing people doing amazing stuff. Like, um, to um, not to backtrack, but when I do the podcast I'm doing, Friends and Girls, at the end of every episode, we talk about a new musician that's either a woman and or a person of color nice. or a queer person. Because we're that. like, there's a lot of white men in this genre and oh, there's yeah. no real, real way around that's it. That's what we found. Yeah. Like, when we were talking yeah. about, we were like, there are no women. Yeah. So <laughs> and like, when they are, they're not, like, as huge. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, we realized by the time we got to, like, episode eight or so, we've cov- we covered so few women in the yeah. first season. So yeah. then we yeah. had an en- entire women-themed episode. But it even it shouldn't even be like that, you yeah. know? Yeah, but it's just that we were so blind to, like, systemic injustice in the 90s. Wow, it seemed like such a, like, you know, 
amazing time in music, which it was, but also you're just like, damn, how did you book a full festival with literally Elastica as the only women on the bill? Anyway, um, all this to say they were a huge force in Britpop, and like there should have been more of them. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a seminal classic album, Perfect Ten. Well. <laughs> Perfect well, maybe not. So, what what is your skip? Uh, Indian song, which I saw was the same as yours. Because <laughs> yeah. yikes, you guys! <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, that's another where you're just like, why is this? Al- why is this song on this album? It doesn't really make any sense. It does not fit, it at, all. fit at all. Yeah, and like, I could see how they were trying to do like, ooh, we're gonna like break it up, but like, it comes off as this weird like, like cultural appropriationy like bizarre take on like. Bonker <laughs> music, it's it's like guy. It was it was a misstep, a misstep on an otherwise perfect album. It also bothers me that it's in the middle of the album. If you're gonna yeah. do that, throw it at the end or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also this is also something that I uh, that um when I am ha- um talking about older albums, long album like it that that album doesn't really need to be more than ten songs. Yeah, the song, the songs I mean? are short, but yeah, yeah there's, true, there's like true. sixteen of them. Yeah, or something. it's a long track yeah. list. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I, 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 I gotta skip Indian song. It's not, it's just not the one for me. Yeah. That's Jen, so funny. what about you? Yeah, no, like, uh, my skip uh, was Indian song as well. And <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We have a consensus. Think, yeah, <laughs> it was a consensus for all of us. But um, no, I felt like the exact same way. But I don't know, like, my repeat is like so obvious. Like, it's totally stutter. Yeah. Um, but also that I was really into Smile as well, so mm. I I remember like I don't know I just love like the the attitude and yeah. like the feeling I get <laughs> when I'm like singing a lot. Yeah. It's like it's like I want to be her, so yeah. it's like yeah, it's the songs that make me feel like I could be a Justine Bushmere. Yeah, totally. Uh, I I gotta say a lot of times I don't pick the singles, but I, in this instance I have to pick Stutter, mm. and I also love Car Song. Um, oh, cars on yeah. Um, it's interesting that Connection was really the only, in the U.S. anyway, the only one that broke any right. sort of like right. chart or got played on, yeah. on alternative radio. Yeah. Everything else here, not really. I mean, it's also the one they stole from Wire, which is why it's so good. But yeah. also, I was thinking about it on the way over here. I got to say, it's a better song than Three Go Rumba. Like, for sure. It's like mm-hmm. the, I mean, obviously, they got sued in Wire 1, so like we can say that like, you know, it was definitely wasn't like a coincidence. But um, they did kind of like, take that hook and put it into a song that just felt more fulfilling and is fuller as a song Mm -hmm. and then just like Wire, which we're doing their own thing, but when I like Wire, like, the 15th is, like, a better song than Three Gold Rumba by, like, a long stretch, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So if you're going to steal someone's hook, I guess make a better song out of it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's the lesson. Moral of the story. Can we we give them kudos for stealing a song and making it better? Sure. (laughs) Kudos. Yeah. Although I love, I love that lyric um, in Car Song. Um, you know, I was, was re-listening to the album recently, and I was like, sometimes I just can't function. My heart's spaghetti junction. Yeah, <laughs> it's like go for it. Yeah, <laughs> reading uh, Rainbow. Take yeah. a look. It's in a book. You know, I love it. Uh, oh yeah, and then our next album is Breeders. Oh. Last Flash. One of my favorite bands of all time. I love Kim Deal more than myself. Oh, I she's so cool. I mean, yeah. 
I got to work with them super briefly because they uh-huh. played a venue that I worked with. Uh, they, uh, it was about a, year, a little over a year ago. And, oh, my God, they're, they have so much fun when they're on stage. Oh, and you yeah. can tell. You yeah. Know? And you can tell. And they still sound great. Yeah. No, yeah. They still sound, I've seen them a lot. Um, I always try and see them if I'm in a town where they're playing. Um, and they're one of those bands where they'll play a super poppy set. They'll play a super sad set. They'll play a super, like, noisy set. And it's always good. And, yeah, you can tell that they're, like, artists and that they have, obviously, being twins, they have this, like, really strong bond that comes across on stage and you feel like the emotionality and the fun they're having like it because they're so comfortable with one another yeah um oh i love the breeders so much also they played a 25 song set there was like no banter they're like we're gonna get this yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, i yeah. i kind of appreciated that. totally yeah totally um yeah so my uh repeat is no aloha mm-hmm. which is my favorite breeder song probably the first time i saw them which was on the title tk tour mm-hmm. in like 2000 i saw them at the Trabendo in Paris, um, they open with No Aloha. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or they open with the theme from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, actually. Because that was a tour where like they were obsessed with Buffy and they would just play the, the, the nerf <laughs> and like. They would play that. And now that I think about it, they may have opened with that and then done No Aloha. But anyway, they did No Aloha. I was obsessed. And then they, um, when that beat drops, everyone was just like. And it, yeah. it was like one of my first really big like concert experiences that I went to by myself. Um, and I think like the Radar Brothers opened. But anyway, it was it was a really great show. And I love No Aloha. Uh, one, uh, I love that drop. Musically, it's really good. I like songs where the first and second verse are the same. Mm-hmm. Like I like just like when you have a good lyric and you just repeat it uh, with, a, with a slightly more upbeat or slightly different instrumentation. I really like that in, in pop songs. And um, the line, um, uh, no by no aloha, gone with a rock promoter, a rock promoter is such, it's like she's like, gone with a rock promoter, a rock promoter. <laughs> like she's like, it's like she's incredulous, and it's so funny, and I feel like people don't hear, the Breeders are such a funny band, mm-hmm. and Kim yeah. is such a funny person that like, I don't think people always hear how hilarious mm-hmm. Breeders songs are. Um yeah, I love that song so fucking much. Um, and then my skip is uh, New Year, which is the first song. Not because I even dislike that song so much. It's just because the fact that Last Splash does not begin with Cannonball is yeah. so weird. Like, yeah. so it, weird. It, it, it's like you're like the – I mean, their best, most popular song is right there. Yeah. And I almost always skip that song because I just want to start the album with Cannonball. Yeah. Um, so it's not that it, even that's a terrible song. It's just not – I just never listened to it. It's that position, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I just yeah. never listened to that song. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Song order is so important. You like, know? I feel like when you're, like, talking about full albums, like, listening to, yeah. like, a full mm-hmm. album. Yeah. And the um, intro to Cannonball is so iconic. Like, oh why God. would the, the album not start with that song? It's just such a weird choice. You know? But anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, Aloha was definitely, uh, like, one of my repeats. Um, I just love when the guitar, like, kicks in. Oh, same. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the sound. And, like, mm. oh, my God. So, so good. And then, like, but, yeah, like, honestly, I'll always love Cannonball. Mm. I love Divine Hammer, same. too. And Invisible Man. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I don't know. It was hard to kind yeah. of, like, pick one. I was on the train earlier, and the strings came on in Invisible Man. I was like, no. oh. <laughs> So good. Yeah. So good. Um, and my skip was 
Do you do you pronounce it like R O I? I don't. Even I say know. Roy. Roy. Because that's oh, because they say it. King. Do they? I don't know. I feel like at one point in like the 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 one that's not the root prize, mm. like they're like Roy. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. oh yeah, this yeah, is yeah. mostly kind of like instrumental. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, maybe. Um, and New Year too, because I agree. Yeah. <laughs> with you. What it's about you, Matt? Um, I mean. I'm pretty much on the same page as you guys. No Aloha and Cannonball, I yeah. mean, for me, are the definitive Classic. highlights. But, I, I mean, obviously, this is a great album all through and through. Although, I would uh, – Jin knows. I'm not a fan of, like, interludes and, and 40-second nonsense bullshit. Like, I don't <laughs> like that. Yeah, why is it on there twice? I hate that. Yeah. So, we don't need to end it with the 40-second reprise. Yeah, to me, that's yeah. Especially not a reprise of that song. But, yeah. Um. Um. And then, for me, Mad Lucas is maybe a little – not one I would return to yeah, a bunch. I almost put Mad Lucas because I do prefer New Year as a song to Mad Lucas. But if I'm being honest of this song that I actually skip listen to the album, it is New Year. The other thing that I want to say is that I've listened to both these albums, Elastica and Last Splash, so often in my life. But listening to them back to back today, I realized that like if you slow down Alaska songs or if you sped up Breeder songs, it's kind of the same oh, album. Oh, yeah, I was thinking like, that it's too. It's really – it's like if, if, you, if you went like – um, you know, um, uh, if you sang like not No Aloha, but probably Cannonball with like a British accent and just made the guitars drier and just like sped it up, it yeah. would be it would fall into Elastica and it would be perfect on that album. It was a really weird realization. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and also I was point. thinking of yeah. the structure of both bands. Yeah, uh, uh, is very similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it made me think about like cool women in yeah. that scene too, and like, yeah. like what a small circle it must have been back yeah. then, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, like, well, I was like, so it was like, I like totally forgot, or like maybe I didn't even know, <laughs> if we're being really honest, that Tanya Donnelly and Kim Neal actually started Breeders. Oh, totally. <laughs> and then like, and, you know, whatever. And it was like a side project, but yeah, for pi- well, she got kicked out of Pixies because Breeders were getting more popular that's the action reason i mean like you know there was other stuff going on but like you know that you can't have two egos in that band you know what i mean (laughs) and she was like i'm actually gonna make a better album than you bye Bye. and just like left and to this day i will not see the pixies without kim deal i've seen the pixies twice both times was with kim but as soon as she left i was like bye-bye like i i love the pixies but like there's no reason it's like seeing the Rolling Stones without Keith Richards. It's like, why? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not Absolutely, the yeah. No, you know she was I mean? a big part of that band. Yeah. So and honestly, when I saw the Breeders a little over a year ago, they did Gigantic, and I was like, well, then did that, they? yeah. Hmm. So I'm like, I got what I wanted. Anyway, <laughs> so fuck uh, the Pixies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have she this knows. like live uh, recording of Gigantic. Um, maybe it was at Coachella, like they mm. were at Coachella or something, and somehow I got like the recording of their set, and like mm. that, just like, Hearing that song live, it's just like so big. Oh my god, yeah. No, it's just so good. Um, but like, yeah, no, like, I guess, like, she was, you know, she obviously, um, I kind of forgot that Spike Jones and Kim Gordon directed Cannonball video. Did they? I didn't <laughs> <know that. laughs> Which, uh, like, and then it kind of makes sense because, like, Kim and yeah. the two Kims, I guess, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. did a song together, you know, and uh, which is also like one of my favorite. Like Sonic Youth songs, Little mm. Trouble Girl. I just love. Mm. I think oh, yeah. it's so freaking haunting. Mm. <laughs> like, I always think about Kim Deal in that video with the like knee high sports socks and, like, <laughs> the, and the shorts. I mean, 
she's straight, I'm pretty sure, but like, what a gay look. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. how many girls were like, yes? Like, when they saw, how many gay girls were like, absolutely, that is the look. Like, so good. Yeah, no. I mean, she deserves some kudos, too. I think she absolutely. Like absolutely. Oh, for sure, for everything she's been through in her life. Oh, my Both God. Both of them. Yeah. Huge and kudos. still kicking. Oh, and absolutely. Still a star and yeah, like I mean, the album they put on, it was really good. It was like yeah. a solid Breeders album. Like, no complaints. Exactly. Know. That's why they're still around. Is like they can still write good songs. Yeah, totally. You can always like find at least one or two songs like on yeah. the album that's just like a yes, standout. Yeah, yeah. So. And I just want to say I share a birthday with Kim and Kelly. Ooh. June uh. So <laughs> whenever, yeah, whenever I look at like what celebs share your birthday, it's n- no one exciting except for them and Judy Garland. Oh, <laughs> well, very on brand for you. Yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> yeah. actually. I only share one time. with Eddie Vedder, so yeah. Oh. Like, I thought that was cool, like, in the 90s. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think everyone thought Eddie Vedder was cool in the 90s. I, mean, I thought he was definitely like a hottie. I literally have this, this thing I talk about all the time, this theory that people, like, you can trace that, like, vocal, I don't want to call it, like, style, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Back to Pearl Jam through like Kings of Leon through Creed like all those men doing the <laughs> that shit that shit is we have Eddie the oh. better to blame still to this day oh. for straight guys going like Jeremy <laughs> like that shit oh god I hate it so much I hate and it that so was much. one of the biggest alternative so- singles of oh, all of oh, them yeah. so, which is like. Oh my video. god! Oh, yeah, well, yeah. it's no joke these days, right? Seriously. Before we close, I want to know who you share a birthday with. Anyone? Um, no. Oh god! I um, I don't know. I've okay. l- I've looked it up before. What's your birthday? Um, September seventeenth. Virgo Power. Oh, hey. Um, I want for some reason I want to say Alice and Janney. I don't know why, but that <laughs> okay. popped in my head. That one I, I don't mind. I mean, she's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Say. Once you say, I've looked this up before, so once you say it, I know I'm gonna know. But um, I actually don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I know I share a birthday with um, who's the guy from Three's Company? John Jack? Ritter. John Ritter. John, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, John Ritter. I know. Okay. Um, okay. Never watched that show. Don't really care about John Ritter, but um, Tim Burton. Oh, no, Tim oh. Burton. Oh. no, no. Oh. It says YouTube star. There's a Tim Burton YouTube star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are like TikTok star. I'm like who? Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. Oh, okay. okay. Well, it's okay. weird because September 17th or September 18th used to be it, uh, the uh, the most common birthday in the world mm. um, that week because everyone fucks during the holidays. Oh. And so it's nine months after New Year's. Like, I was conceived on January 3rd. Like, uh-huh. I, I have receipts. Oh, so, shit. like, so it's like, it's, it's, so um, September is the most popular birth month. Well, thank you, Cameron. Thank you so much oh, for so this. Much. Oh, my God. Thank so you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. I'm glad we were able to catch up while I'm stateside for yes, a little bit. And, uh, okay. yeah, we should do this again maybe for season three or season four. Like, You're I'm welcome back now. anytime. Anytime. Yes. <laughs> if you need a Berlin correspondent, let me know. Oh, yes. always. All right. Cool. 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 Yay. Next day memories. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.